Hi, I'm Andras Jones, and I'd like to let you know about a little show we're doing in L.A. the week this episode with Bloody Death Skull comes out. On Thursday, January 11th, I'll be hosting a night of music at The Cinema Bar at 3967 Sepulveda Boulevard in Culver City. We'll be celebrating the unofficial soft release of the new Radio 8 Ball app with a night of music from several songwriters that fans of Radio 8 Ball already know and love. Folks like Colleen Green... Bart Davenport. For the sensitive, it's so hard to live, and the callous all succeed. Take a look around at this world I've found, like a lost work of thee. It's a grown up time for me. And Cooper Walker's band, Walker and Company, featuring keyboardist Marshall Thompson. as well as Myrna, Bloody Death Skull, and other surprise guests. I'll be starting things off with a set of my own songs at 8pm, so don't be late, and the whole thing is free, and 21 and over. That's Thursday, January 11th, at the Cinema Bar in Culver City, California. And now, let the musical divination begin. But I just keep running on. to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here in the studio with Bloody Death Skull. <laughs> providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations, and Bloody Death Skull has invited a few interesting folks to call in and ask questions on the show, and one of them is Andy Herman, the former music editor of LA Weekly, and before that he was editor of a music blog called All Weird Bands, no, called Weirdest Bands in the World, which focused on all weird bands, like Bloody Death Skull. So welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Andy. Thanks for having me. Did I get that information correct? Uh, it's weirdest band in the world, oh, singular. But sorry about yes, that. Otherwise, otherwise everything was great. That's it's a, it's a it's a mouthful of a blog name. You should see it as a tattoo. Do you have it as a tattoo? <laughs> I do. Uh, and that's how you met Bloody Death Skull, Andy. 
at the tattoo uh, shop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, yeah. I, I actually the first time I saw Bloody Death Skull, they were uh, opening for uh, another weird band, um, really a weird one man band by the name of Bob Log the Third. <laughs> he's a he's a hard one to describe. I, I, I recommend that your listeners Google him. Bob Bob Log Roman numeral three and uh you'll you'll find some uh he wears some a space fun, weird suit. mutant blues played by uh a guy dressed up like evil Knievel. Hmm. And uh and where was this? Uh at the Echo. Where? In uh in good old Echo Park, Los Angeles, California. Got it. Got it. Well, uh, are you ready with your question for the for the Pop Oracle? I am. Okay, is there anything you need to say to preface it? Anything we should know, like context around it? Possibly. I, I don't know how many of your listeners are familiar with why I'm the former music editor of LA Weekly, but uh, LA Weekly was recently sold, and the new owners uh, laid off uh, most of the editorial staff and have been um, kind of struggling to uh, find their footing, let's just politely say. Um, so things are kind of in disarray at my, my former publication right now. So uh, I think the, the question I wanted to ask the Oracle was, uh, what does the future hold in store for LA Weekly? What does the future hold in store for LA Weekly? And now to engage the Pop Oracle on your behalf, I am going to pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. Pick a card. What's the card? Number six. Song number six. I hate you right now. I was really hoping that was the one. And that is the answer to Andy's question. What's uh, the future hold for the LA Weekly? <laughs> I hate you right now. I hate you, parentheses, right now, from Bloody Death Skull. The answer to Andy Herman's question, what does the future hold for the L.A. Weekly? Well, uh, before we get into interpreting that, why don't we toss this over to Bloody Death Skull for the Bloody Death background on that song? Well, in, uh, in many ways, 
there was a feeling towards a, another person, but I think it's mostly about whiskey. Um, I also had been learning um, or playing around with a lot of Bruce Springsteen songs, and in some ways I think this is my Bruce, Bruce Springsteen song, even though in actuality it's almost going to be like a techno song when it's really produced. But um, that's a side story. But like yeah, Born in the USA. Yeah, it's it, for me it's like I'm on fire, Born in the USA. I think I hate you right now. It's about whiskey and drinking, and is it about the drink or is it about yourself or is it about the other person? Like... There's all these feelings. Um, for me, it's like it's it's like Hank Williams, your cheating heart. This is that too. Wow, that's a it's quite a Mount Rushmore that you've stuffed into this song. That's great. So, Andy, what did you think about that? Is the answer to your question? Uh, I I sort of feel like that's almost more about LA Weekly's present than its future. It yeah. seems uh, it seems incredibly apt. Um, I think uh, there's there's a lot of hatred and probably also whiskey swirling around uh, things at the LA Weekly right now. So uh, I, I guess I guess that situation is going to continue for the foreseeable future. It sounds like. Well, there's also the the point being of like that this hate is. It's like bread pie, love and wanting something to be good, you know, like maybe everyone wants this publication to be good. Everybody's saying they want the same thing, but at the moment it's like it doesn't even seem possible. Right. And there was that there was that line of it's only because I love you so much, and I don't. I've had I've talked about it on other episodes of the show. You don't know you haven't heard this, Andy, but I've had experience of like working with organizations and having the organization go bad, and then and having that hurt people, and it hurts the most because it's you know if you get fired from a job from a normal job that you don't love or you don't love what they what what the product was you know it's just a, you know whatever it is it sucks to lose a job, but it's a different thing when something that you love has been corrupted and that's why you can't be there. And it's a, that's a different kind of, it's a different kind of hate and a different kind of heartache. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh and that's very Bruce Spring, Bruce Springsteenian, I would say. Yeah, totally. And this is a music editor for a major publication saying this. So he knows. Oh no, he knows. Yes. He knows. You're, yeah, no, I can I can totally hear that song in in a like an I'm on fire arrangement. Right, I, I didn't quite get the Springsteen reference until you put it in that context, but now I, I totally hear it. So I think that's it's awesome. yeah, I think it's like a move, like the way it moves to me. I feel, I feel like Bruce Springsteen. And then I was also thinking that that line about you drive me crazy, treat me like I'm your mom. That's not true. You're nice to your mom. So the the. L.A. Weekly has been, you know, now has a parent corporation. Mm-hmm. Is that the deal? And well, they always they always had a parent company. Um, they just now have a a parent company that is a sort of shadowy group of uh, investors that that many of whom nobody really knows anything about. And they and they like fired all their children. You know, if they're parents. Right. L.A. Weekly has always cycled through editors. Like that's just the nature of, you know. A newspaper like that that has a longevity right but it's like you know right now these new parents came in and then they kicked all the kids out yeah it's uh do we have some sense of what like and now we're getting a, i'm actually just curious from an interview standpoint do we have some sense of what the response like this happened just in the last week or two right 
Yeah, it happened uh, two weeks ago. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so far there's uh, there actually has been a pretty big response from the community and from some former staffers and freelancers have, have kind of organized a campaign to try to get advertisers to boycott the, the weekly under the new owners. Um, and I've had some success, like some major advertisers, um, have, have pulled out, uh, since the, the sale went through. Um, Didn't I see that Amoeba pulled out yep. their advertising? Amoeba, uh, Angel City Brewing, uh, Ace Hotel, um, support these they're, businesses, folks. They're standing yeah. for you. It's true. Um, so, so that's been really nice to see. Um, but you know, in, in terms of like what the, what the long-term outcome is, uh, you know, it's hard to say. Um, you know, I think I don't think anybody wants to see the weekly go under, but um, but I think you know, the I think some of the people organizing the boycott are hoping that the new owners will lose so much money that they'll just be forced to turn the paper around and resell it again. But then, quickly. who's to say who's going to come in next? Well, that's just it. I think then that that still leaves a lot of unanswered questions. So mm-hmm. it, it remains to be seen um, what the outcome of all this is going to be. But. Um, but yeah, I mean the the just the 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 community response to sort of supporting the editorial staff who lost their jobs and, and kind of supporting what the weekly represents um, has been really great. So hopefully something good can come of that. Maybe you can answer this. Maybe you want to, or you don't. But uh, usually, in when when something big become gets too big to the point where it gets bought out by a corporation that then sucks the life out of it you'd think that there would be another especially in a major media market like Los Angeles there would be another uh another music paper basically another culture paper that could step up and fill in that space of independent media that LA Weekly say used to occupy. Is there another? Can you recommend? Is that if you're a music, if you're someone who wants to know what's going on in LA but doesn't want to support the LA Weekly, other than checking out your blog, weirdest band in the world, mm-hmm. uh, where 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 might someone go to find out about what's going on in LA without uh, without supporting the LA Weekly? Sure. Um, uh, there's a number of, uh, music blogs. Um, uh, Diana actually is associated with one called buzz bands. Um, that's really great. Uh, buzzbands.la. Uh, there's, uh, the LA record. Uh, there's, uh, passion of the Weiss, which is run by Jeff Weiss, a former LA weekly columnist who is one of the folks kind of leading the boycott LA weekly campaign. Um, there's grimy goods, uh, there, there's a number of, of sort of L.A. specific uh, music outlets and music blogs that are still out there and, and still doing some great local music coverage. Um, you know, in terms of what's going to sort of replace the weekly more broadly, because the weekly obviously was much more than just music. Right. Um, that's the tougher question. Right. Um, you know, and, and between this and, and also L.A.ist was shut down earlier this year as well. So, um you know the the LA the Los Angeles as a market has has lost like two of its biggest independent media voices. I mean, one completely LAist and one, to all intents and purposes, in LA Weekly. Um, so, you know, what's going to take their places on a broader scale in terms of covering local news and and other you know culture beyond just music? Um, I don't know. It, it remains to be seen. Um, 
Well, I uh, I can't imagine that a city like L.A. can not have a major weekly publication that that can be trusted. Like, again, we're talking about culture. It's not in a weird way, like when political, when a political paper gets taken over, you kind of under, I guess, I don't know, you kind of understand it because there's so much, uh, it, there's so much lie that, that there's a lot of propaganda and lying that goes on in that business in general. But if you want to know, if you want to know who you can trust to go where you should go eat or where you drink or where you what film or theater or music you check out, there's got to be a credible source in a city like Los Angeles that people can trust. So like it's just it doesn't seem like it's like it's funny the the song says I'm bringing it back to the song I hate you and then parentheses right now. So right now there's this sense of panic and uh, disillusion, but mm-hmm. uh, but. Yeah, it sounds like there are a lot of sources out there and something has to coalesce mm-hmm. to bring them, you know, to to be that L.A. paper. And maybe L.A. Weekly won't be that anymore. Uh, yeah, I certainly hope so. I mean, between L.A. Weekly and L.A.S., there's there's a lot of um, unmoored talent, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, in in the L.A. journalism community right now. And so. um you know, where all those people land and, and where those voices continue to get heard, I think is going to, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it plays out. But, um, yeah, I, am hopeful that, uh, LA being the kind of city that it is that, um, you know, either the weekly will go back to being kind of the, the voice that it was in the past, um, or something will rise to take its place because I do think the city still needs it. I think, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's too big of a market and there's too much going on and, and you know, too many things that kind of fall through the cracks of, of you know, publications like L.A. Times or, or Los Angeles magazine. Um, yeah. So I, I maybe the songs I hate you parentheses right now, maybe the right now provides a little glimmer of hope that this is a temporary situation that will pass. So bring back see. BAM magazine. And Bam? Any, oh, Bam. Anyone yeah. remember Bam magazine? Not me. <laughs> oh, I'm old. I don't. <laughs> I'm old. In the 80s and 90s, there was a L.A. music magazine. It was actually, it started in the Bay Area called Bay Area Music uh, Bam magazine. And then uh, oh, okay. they had an L.A. version that, that ri- I don't want to say that it rivaled the weekly because it really was focused on music. And the uh, the weekly handled culture on the on the mm-hmm. larger scale, but anyway, uh, that's a little blast for the past for all of you oldies out there. Yeah, I'll just I want to <laughs> add that you know I think the thing like <clears throat> as a person who writes me, yeah, because um, you are also a journalist, right? Uh, you know, uh, the, part of the reason that I you know write for Buzz Bands or for LA Record or for LA Weekly or wherever I write for is because who, the person who is the editor gives you the opportunity to be who you are and to say things how you want to say them. And that, I think, is the most important thing, whether it's at LA Weekly or whether it's a different publication that replaces it. It's got to be, that's what the alternative newspaper, you know, should continue and give to the community, people's voices. Right, right. Which Andy was good at. That was my point. (laughs) 
Thanks. You're and welcome. That was a long compliment. The LA Weekly under under me and I think several previous editors wrote, wrote a lot of great stuff and and uh, you know sort of gave exposure to a lot of bands that that might not otherwise have gotten that level of exposure. Excellent. Well, I uh, or you know, excellent that that uh, that that has been the case. Not so excellent that that right now we're in the situation we're in. But at the same time, it's definitely as above, so below. You're not the you know, L.A. Weekly is not the only thing that's under attack. It feels like we're like this is uh, that's a microcosm of something that's going on across the country. I mean, obviously, tomorrow they're set to vote on the uh, the FCC's set to vote on potentially dismantling net neutrality and. Uh, the, you know, this, the assault on our uh, venues of expression is is across the board and uh, and it may feel like may seem like they hate us right now. But uh, but we are going to they can't stop our creativity. That's for sure. And uh, it sounds like there are still venues to express this. So uh, I, I, I certainly hope that you, that you are that you both are able to continue to apply your trade in ways that support the artists who uh, provi- continue to provide the Oracle fodder for Radio 8 Ball and other great shows around. So, uh, well, thank you for being a part of this, Andy. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you, Diana and uh, everybody out there listening. Like, make, go check out Bloody Death Skull because they're amazing. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Show.